Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McKellen. We have all been watching the Summer Olympics and saw the new skateboard competition. According to Calgary Herald, the blind and visually impaired can do some skateboarding. Just recently, blind and visually impaired skateboarders showcased their skills at Shaw Millennium Park in Alberta. The City of Calgary, the Calgary Parking Authority, the Canadian National Institute, several Calgary skateboard organizations, and the Alt Route Project held the special event. The Alt Route Project founder, Curtis Ruddle, joins us to talk about the event and explains how the blind can skateboard. Hey, Curtis. Hey, thank you for having me. Glad you're here, too. Tell us about yourself. So about myself, um, I'm just a 16-year-old high school student from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, um, and I've always been intri- intrigued by sports and all of these other things, um, and I just also happen to be visually impaired. So you're visually impaired, you're 16. How did you become visually impaired? Um, I've just always been visually impaired my whole life, just from my eye condition and iridia. Um, which is essentially the loss of the iris. Wow. So you're the co-founder of the AltRoute Project. What's the AltRoute Project? Yeah, I am. Um, so AltRoute Projects is an accessible state park project that helps promote accessibility in the state parks so that blind and visually impaired youth or anyone of any age for that matter feels safe and has an a safe accessible and inclusive environment that they're able to go and partake in just like their sighted peers so the all route project makes sure that blind and visually impaired have access to skateboarding and this is for both kids and athletes how does the all route project do all, all just that um we do that by uh, we held a research and development phase and we're still kind of in that phase, but we know more than we did when we started, um, when we started a year ago. And so we were able to take feedback from our participants and ourselves as vision impaired skateboarders. And we were able to create some um, adaptations that currently are just temporary uh but we hope to make them permanent but so we are able to create these adaptations that we are able to then implement to make the environment safer more inclusive more accessible for a vision impaired skateboarder to feel confident in themselves and their ability to uh skateboard safely and just do whatever they want to do whatever their sighted peers can do it's not holding them back Whatever they set their minds to, and no matter what disability or ability people have, they can do pretty much anything they want, right? That's exactly it. And that's kind of our goal. Um, Because as someone growing up with a disability, I've always been told, set your mind to this, do this, and just don't let anything hold you back, essentially. And so that's kind of our goal. We want to expand that as well for other vision impaired youth who may not have that mindset right now. And we want to give them that opportunity. So how do the blind skateboard? And where are some of the cool moves they can do? Really? 
Um, just the just the same way anyone else can. It's about the adaptations that helps us skateboard, that makes us feel confident. So once we adapt to those features, such as transitions, because someone like myself, I don't have depth perception. So seeing where a ramp transitions um, upwards or downwards is a very vital part of skateboarding. So once we adapt these very small parts, um, we're able to skateboard just like anyone else. That's great. And I also have little to no depth perception. And so it's hard for me to see steps to the dropouts yeah, for steps. Exactly. Um, but what are some of the moves that um, the skateboarders, though, can do? Any any special moves? 360s and anything like that? Um, not particularly in our group because we are so young and just getting started and learning. But with some of our uh, kids that are working, it's it's crazy to see where they're going and what they're potentially able to do. Like per se, my sister right now, she's trying to learn how to jump down a four set of stairs. So, um, and a lot of people wouldn't think that someone with a visual impairment would be able to do that, let alone skateboarding in general. So as I said, they, we can do pretty much any trick anyone else can. It's just a matter of making it work for ourselves. Um, so, no, we're not doing anything too crazy at the moment, but I'm sure that there will be a couple of us who, once we get more confident and start learning more, will definitely be able to get up to that uh, point, per se. Oh, I see how that progression goes. Um, what made you interested and passionate, though, about skateboarding? Why skateboarding? Um, skateboarding never, ever occurred to me as a sport that I was able to do. I went to a try it session with a local group called skate bats and they were the group that put on like this try it session. And so skate bats overall mission is to teach blind and visually impaired skateboarders to approach skateboarding safely for them and empower them to unlock skateboarding for themselves. And so that's really how I got into it. And then there was two try it sessions the same day. I went to both of those and instantly I was hooked with it, like absolutely hooked. And <laughs> Matt Jans, who is also a co-founder of, uh, of alt route projects, him and his uh, volunteers at that time, had made it such an amazing environment to learn in that, as I said, was just hooked like instantly. And I've been on it ever since. Now let's talk more about the accessibility of skate parks. I mean, how might they be more accessible for the blind? I was reading in that Calgary Herald article <laughs> that you were featured in that there is that that involves some fluorescent colors and then pink and white tape, bright pink and white tape. Yeah. Um, so currently, as I had mentioned previously, all of our adaptations are just temporary as of right now because we are still so new. Um, we are looking at permanent, but that's beside the point currently with this question. Um, but so skate parts generally are um, what we like to call, quote unquote, a sea of gray. Everything just blends in and you can't see anything. It's just all the same color. It gets all washed out. And so we learned from our experience that 
if you set the smallest um smallest adaptation up in a sense of just giving you that definition that different color that you're watching for whatever it might be you're able to identify and then we were able to come up with these different um techniques so you're correct right now we are using bright fluorescent duct tape um so our three main colors are bright pink bright yellow and a white so the white is for flat ground bright pink goes on a transition so you're able to identify whether or not the transition is going up or down and then we use the bright yellow as what we call a safe route guide marker. And so this essentially gives those with limited uh, distance vision, because we have some in our group who can see like five feet in front of them or less, the ability to feel safe because they know if I follow this line, I am not going to run into anything. I'm not going to fall off a drop. I'm not going to, et cetera, right? And so that gives them that confidence just from following a line. And so those are our three colors that we use. Okay, so the white means um, flat ground. The yellow means the hills. And um, the pink is the safe zone, right? Pink, pink is transition. Yellow transition. is a safe route guideline. Okay, all right. Yeah. So yellow is, is safe. Pink is transition. All right. Yeah, I see. Okay, so this tape, I understand, marks the beginning and the end of those ramps. And the colors, they show, as you mentioned, the new skaters, where that safe line through the park is. Now, these indicators were part of that event, that recent afternoon event I mentioned at the start of the show, in partnership, not only with Alt but also... The Calgary Parking Authority, the City of Calgary, several Calgary skateboard organizations, and the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. What yeah. was the event all about? So, kind of, that's exactly it. Like, you hit the nail on the head that those markings identify those. Um, the event really was about bringing this to the forefront of um, accessible skateboarding but only not only that sorry accessible sports in general because um we feel that accessible sports um are a big thing and are starting to take off even more and we hosted our first accessible state park event in november of 2020 but that was more private and closed in and it didn't get as much of the public attention as we kind of were hoping it to in a sense. And so we wanted to bring this when we got the opportunity to work with the city of Calgary, we wanted to bring this to the public eye. We wanted, um, we wanted to blast it out there and for people to get word of it and then come out and check it out and see what it was all about. And we got so much feedback about this is amazing. This is like absolutely outstanding. I never knew that people with vision impairments could do this. Why are these adaptations not permanent, et cetera? Like there was so much positive feedback from it. And that was kind of our overall goal of just to show the public that no matter your disability or your ability, you're able to do whatever you set your mind to. That's fantastic. 
the event showed how the blind and visually impaired skateboarders can get into skateboarding with just a bit of help. What sort of help was offered to them at your event? There wasn't a, a whole lot of help offered in the sense of teaching because we wanted this event to be more of a showcase showing this is what our youth have been working on. This is what they're able to do independently with said adaptations in place. And so that's really what it was all about. Um, and really the only help that was implemented was our adaptations. We had a couple of participants who needed more support for other reasons than uh, not being independent, but what kind of reasons? Just other personal medical reasons that right. that uh, they needed more support. But other than that, everyone was incredibly independent, and so we set up our uh, transition markers and our safe route guidelines that I've already talked about. Um, and we we were working on a um, a haptic guideline. So a haptic safe route guideline marker. And so this one, you're able to feel underneath of your board when you go over it. And this is still something that's in the works of it because we still are experimenting a lot with it. But we wanted to experiment with it at this event. And even that got a lot of attention. So with those and beeper boxes, we have quite a few um, adaptations in our catalog per se. And that's the only help really that was um, provided because everyone else was so independent. Okay. How did the beeper boxes work? It is just this little box. Like it's you, you would not believe how small it is. It's crazy. And it just has a switch and you, and it just, um, puts out a audible signal with about four beeps per second. Um, and it just beeps constantly. And then a lot of people use these for a lot of different reasons. Um, and that's the nice thing about them. They're so customizable. You're able to put them on top of a rail. If you want to slide that rail, you're able to put it by a set of stairs. If you want to avoid that set of stairs, really whatever you want. And as I said, it just, it emits a audible indicator of where something is. And then once you hear that you're getting closer to that, you are, you know what you're wanting to do or et cetera. Now this event was part of a pilot project that you're working on to possibly bring an accessible skateboard park to Calgary. Talk about this idea. Yeah. So I've kind of mentioned this already, but our, our overall goal is to have some of our adaptations in, in a park permanently, having them permanently helps everyone uh, as it is, because there's even been comments made that when we set adaptations down, everyone, including the public goes for that obstacle right away. It's kind of crazy how that all works. Um, but we've seen how much of an imp impact these adaptations work and how much they impact our youth in a positive manner um, by making them feel more confident and safe. And to see the progression in that sense is outstanding. And so we, we feel that the smallest things. So right now, 
it's all temporary as we're still working towards our overall goal, but we are maybe achieving that sooner than we thought. And we have some partners who are able to help us um, achieve our goals in the future of um, potentially bringing these adaptations to more parks permanently. So do you plan to hold this event in the future and at Shaw Millennium Park where you held it this year? I sure hope so. Um, I had mentioned to Matt Jans, my partner, but also the managers at the city of Calgary that we were working with. I said that I understand that a lot of things, if you do it year after year after year, it all just gets repetitive and you don't want to be repetitive and boring. But I feel like this event was such a social statement that um, we need to hold it more frequently, at least once a year. And I do think that having it at Shaw Millennium Park is going to be in in sight for us and in our books per se. I think that it was an amazing opportunity there and an amazing location. Are you aware of any similar events in the U.S. or worldwide? Yes and no. Um, Not so much programming like ours is, um, but we are actually working with blind professional skateboarders from the States, Justin Bishop and Dan Mancina. And so they are both completely blind and they use their own adaptations and their own techniques to be able to state proficiently and um, safely. And so we're working with them to develop our programming, but also help them. And um, I know that they are looking to potentially hold some events sometime soon that might come together to um, help build a team. Potentially. We don't know. We don't know where this could go. Um, And so there isn't really many programs like ours but they but there are blind skateboarders worldwide how can we learn more about alt route you can visit us online at our website which is altroute.ca a l t r o u t e.ca or visit us on instagram which is under altroute projects that's great curtis is there anything else you'd like to add I don't think so. I just want to say a huge thank you for this opportunity for um, being able to share our story and just a huge thank you to all of our supporters who've been able to make this happen for us, especially the city of Calgary and the parking authority who funded this. Um, And I'm a member of the CNIB, which is the Canadian National Institute of of the Blind. Um, I'm part of their National Youth Council, and they were an extremely huge help to support us in this. So um, all of this, that's only a few um, of our supporters and partners, but all of this wouldn't have been possible without them. So, Curtis, let's hope our listeners get out and have some fun learning to skateboard and bring out some great moves. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This was um, this was an uh, an absolute blast to be a part of. So thank you. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website that's Speaking Out for the More information on today's show is posted there.
Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. That's 518-906-1820. To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. As older adults with vision loss, we understand your fears, your frustrations, and feelings of isolation. The Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss is here to help you as you pursue the independent lifestyle you deserve. For more information, visit www.aavl-blind-seniors.org or call 916-995-3967 for more information. AAVL, a supporter of the ACB Media Network. Join me, Brian McKellen, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers and experts to help you, the listeners, go for your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB1 and 8 p.m. Pacific on ACB2. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. July 26th was the 31st anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. We are incredibly thankful to Vespero for providing the first corporate contributions of this year-long ACB 60 for 60 campaign and for launching a matching challenge to our ACB members and our partners. Vespero will double every contribution made to the 60 for 60 campaign up to $10,000 over the month. Their matching challenge will start today, July 26th, in honor of the ADA's 31st anniversary until August 31st, 2021. To join the challenge in honor of the ADA's anniversary today, please donate at acb.org slash donate. ACB.